put up Psalm 55 verse 10. Many times we think the challenge on the outside is the biggest challenge. Uh, this, they put, put um, the, the Passion Translation, all right? It says, though they patrol the walls night and day against invaders, the real danger is within the city. It's the misery and the strife in the hearts of his people. In other words, it's the unforgiveness that is the real danger, not the devil that is on the outside. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the devil you need to resist. It says, give no place to anger. And I know Nigerian church, we don't like it. If we say now, if we say here, and all your enemies tomorrow will be dead, you, the amen you hear, you will, you will, you will, you will, you will, it will be, amen. If you say, and angels are released, you hear, amen. And demons are canceled, amen. All right? And God will give you favor, amen. And your enemies shall fall, Amen. We like enemies to die in this country. Are you following me, senior? I'm telling you, if those enemies die, destiny dies with your enemies. All right? So God will, right? And that's what Paul was saying. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And you open up your heart. And, and, you, and you thank God, all right, for it. I mean, I've told this story before. John Bever said it one time. I went for a meeting in South Africa. I, I, and before I get to this story, let, let me just say this. It's on the internet now. You say, well, I can't forgive these people for what they did. I can't. I mean, there's a story of a young black guy who forgave a police officer who shot his brother. You know that story that's all over the internet? I mean, you go and listen to that story. You have no right to hold anything against anybody. This was a, a, a man who entered into his apartment. The door was slightly opened in his own apartment. And a police officer, a female police officer, lives in the same block of flats, mistakenly came into his apartment thinking it was hers. And the door was opened, so of course, she quickly went to the gun, was this, and, put it, and saw the black man there, and the stronghold of racial stuff came in, that this must be a thief that has broken, pulled the gun before the guy could say anything, bullets was there, and he was gone. I mean, I just remember when I read it, it happened to me in school. All right? I came out, and I, I was maybe less, as if I was in L214 was my room, uh, or L314. I mistakenly went to L214, then brought out my keys. And then while I was trying to open the door, you know, struggling with it, the owner of the room was coming from the bathroom. And he just came behind me and said, yes, yes, yes. What are you doing in my room? I said, what are you talking about? This is my room. And I was thinking. <laughs> And then, you know, suddenly you just check again and your whole world. And the guy, you know, then they call you thief in the hall now. So he looked at me and said, bring out your key. He said, look, two weeks ago it happened to me too. I went to somebody else's room and I was struggling. So I understand you can't go. If you know the relief that came to me. Because it was just like you're a thief in this place. So when I read that story, I, I knew what may have happened to her. And she had pulled and shot. And then they were going to sentence her last week and the younger brother of this chap came and he sat down in the courtroom and gave a powerful speech on forgiveness. He said, as far as you're concerned, if you ask me, I'll tell you to let her go. She made a terrible mistake. He said, but that's it. But I'll just ask her, very, go and listen to it, very powerful thing. He said, but I'll just ask her for one thing. Please, could you come and hug me? And I want you to know that we love you in our family. And they hugged. If somebody could forgive someone that shot their brother on racial grounds, chief, what did they do to you? They didn't promote you. That you want to scatter everywhere. I said, I can't forgive them. Yeah, they broke up with you. At least you are alive. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just they broke up. There are still millions and billions of men around. It's not that they killed you.
Get what I'm saying here. You are still alive that you are shouting. Don't make a big deal out of it, right? Open up your heart there, all right? Open, I mean, I don't, I don't believe all these things. You see that I'm like, I don't believe all these things. People say, oh, all right? someone broke up with somebody, and then uh, three months after, she's getting married. I say, no, she should not. She should be waiting. Waiting for what? Anybody that comes to tell me, I say, I beg, don't mind them. When, where's the wedding? I will come and do the wedding. Are you from? Say, yeah. There's no, there's no time on when you should, you should move on. What, who told you that she should be there for one year recovering? Who told you? Don't you know how people recover? Let me tell you how people recover. You don't sit in your house and be recovering. Recovery is like this. If by one man's disobedience, man fell by the obedience of one man, if a thief came and stole your soul, a comforter must come to restore you. You can't sit in the house and be recovering. Are you following what I'm saying here? A friend of mine back then in school, he chased this girl, chased around the whole place. You know, when you're chasing something that is not given to you by God, that is beyond you, you know what I'm saying here? And she treated him in very terrible ways. And you know, but he was still, he was madly in love. He was running after her like all of that. Are you for, and then finally, they met this other lady, and they got married. They came to show the marriage. I'll just hide it so no one knows what I'm going to talk about. All right? But what happened was, he was driving, and it had happened to him in the past. The car broke down. The one he was chasing just took off. All right? You can't spoil my PR here. Car has broken down. I beg, I'm out. All right? But this one car broke down again. He said, it has happened again. Yeah, it has happened again. This girl too will leave me. That one left me when car broke down. Car has broken down again. This girl is going. Well, she says it's quite late. Afterwards, she said, no, you can go. He, he was the one that even encouraged. Go, 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 go. All right? Go, because he's playing from the past. He said, next thing, he called me. He said, pastor. He said, pastor. I said, what at night? He said, something happened. I said, what happened? He said, pastor. Ah, now I know true love. Ah, ah, now I know. I said, what happened? He said, she left. Next thing, I was just hearing footsteps at night. Bam, 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 10 p.m. Bam, bam, bam. He said, because we were near her house. And I said, I said, so what happened? He said, next thing, she brought drinks, sandwiches, and said, you know, you'll be fixing your car. I just said, I should draw. Ah, he said, I've been suffering. I've been <laughs> so my friend, man brings injury, man brings healing. So don't say you should sit down in the house. If you just sit down, it can bring depression. You don't be thinking, all right? And you're not going out. They say you are, you know, people can be, can be funny. Don't worry. Meanwhile, when you are sitting, they are talking about you. They say, sit down. This is you they are talking about, all right? Ah, why did, she's not at this place. Ah, you know, this is what happened to her. Ah, she's broken, eh? And you two are saying, you two are calling. Eh? Well, look, are you following me? Get up and move on with your life, all right? That when they see you in the flames, it didn't look like you were in the flames at all. Are you following? I mean, I don't believe it. But let me just stop there. But I don't believe in all this. All right. So, quickly here, there are three things, all right? Quickly, hope, and this is what the message about faith, all right, and love. Hope, faith, and love. Now, abideth faith, hope, all right, and charity, which is love. And it tells us the greatest of these three here, all right, the greatest of them is love. The greatest is love. Now, what's hope? And wait, let's clarify this. Hope is an expectation that you have about your future that you get by reading the promises of God. In other words, you open the Bible and start reading the promise of God, 
and that creates an expectation. By reading what we call the promises or the logos of God, which is God's general thoughts for your life. As you read it, the Bible says, through the comfort of the scriptures, you may have hope. In other words, you read the scriptures, and let's say you are in fi a deep financial situation, you read the scriptures, it says, it brought my feet out of the miry clay and set it upon the rock to stay. You read the scriptures and it says, when my foot did slip, his mercy held me up. You read the scriptures, it says, you know, his beautiful situation, the joy of the whole earth. You read the scripture, it says, my ever-present help in a time of need. You read the scripture, it says, I will never leave it. You read and hope begins to come, that there's a way out, all right, that I have God, I have hope there. And hope is always manifested in speech. In other words, you start saying it, all right, what God has, has I mean, Job chapter 15 and verse, or chapter 14 from verse 7 to 9. Listen, no matter how bad anything appears, don't forget this scripture. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Verse 8, it says, though the roots thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, it says, through the scent of water it will board and bring forth boards of branches as a plant. So never look at any person and say that that person is hopeless. There is hope for every single person. No matter how bad a person might be going on, there is hope. Listen, even Nebuchadnezzar that was once king, you meditate on this, you now found himself eating with animals in a refuse dump. It's just like you driving and somebody was once, God forbid, governor of this state, you see him at the refuse dump eating with animals and you are driving past. That was the state of Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel said, don't forget something, Nebuchadnezzar. What we saw was that as a tree, you were cut down. But when any tree is cut down, we told Nebuchadnezzar, the root is still inside the ground. Which means, even if you see him, the very thing that brought that success is still hidden inside the ground. You pour water on it, that thing is going to come back. So never look at anybody and say, all right, that person is a hopeless situation. No matter the condition, if that person begins to read the promises of God and that person begins to declare the promise of God, hope is always manifested in speech, all right? Powerful declaration, confident declaration. Now, the mistake is that we have called hope faith all right, and defined it as faith, which means we have said our confessions of faith. Really, they are really confessions of our hope, which means confessions of our expectation, like what uh, Paul did. And the Bible says, Paul said, I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus according to my expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed that Christ will be glorified in my body. So it's a bold declaration of the fact that I might be in prison, but salvation is on its way. And hope is always reflected in speech. When a man begins to get into a hopeless situation, or he gets hopeless, it means he's talking himself down. He's talking down to that level. He's saying that all is lost. He's saying that everything has scattered. All right, then there's no future because of the kind of words that he's speaking. But if, 
all right? He's saying the right things. And let me tell you what destroys people. They self-destruct. It's not what happened that destroys them. They are the ones that self-destruct, which means something happens, and then they start saying the wrong thing, and then they start saying the wrong thing. They get into pity parties and start saying the wrong thing. You know, people treat you wrongly, and they expect, all right, that you will self-destruct, which means then you start treating your own self wrongly because you are treated wrongly. So somebody broke up with you or treated you wrongly, now you start treating your own self wrongly. You start dressing like there is no, you are not good for anything. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. When you were with that person, there was makeup and everything, now they've broken up with you, now you are wearing rubber slippers. Now you are on self-destruction. Are you following? Now you, it's self-destruction. You are the one now destroying yourself. It's not what that person did, it's what you are doing to yourself. Which means after that person finishes what you're doing, then you get up and you announce, I'm the apple of God's eye. Are you following us here? Declare precious things. Use what I said as one man, death came in, another man is on his way, bringing in life and light. Somebody who is beginning to declare that and start declaring it and wear that hope as a garment when you go out that there is a bright future that is out there. Hope is always manifested in speech. Now you start saying that. It becomes the anchor to your soul. All right? Now, look, listen to me. Don't ever make this mistake. I heard a minister say this. People treated him wrongly, and he said something powerful. He said they expected that when I go to God in prayer, I'll be crying in prayer. He said, I did not cry in prayer. When I went to God in prayer, I said, greater is he that is in me than in all the I didn't carry their treatment into prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? You carry that treatment and take it into prayer and start weeping in prayer. God, when are you going to show up? Then they have gotten to you. All right? Words of hope. It is an anchor to your soul, both sure and steadfast that takes you. Bold declaration. Exact reversal of what happened. You are saying out of your mouth. Powerful things. But it's word of hope. Words of hope. And you can say it over and over and over because it anchors your soul and keeps you steadfast. And then you are saying that. So, hope is like I'm standing in the marriage feast. And they say wine is finished. And I open my mouth and I declare out of my mouth. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Jesus. He is my ever-present help in a time of need. And he will release grace to help me in my time of need. Now I'm saying that, I'm saying that, I'm saying that. That is hope. And that anchors my soul. Then the next thing is faith. So hope is what? Faith now is how? Which means I'm saying is my ever-present help in a time of need. But as I begin to fellowship with God over what I am saying... Then I hear the instruction from God, this is what you need to do for what you are saying to come to pass. Hope is always manifested in speech. Faith is always manifested in action. Which means obedience to the instruction of God is what is called faith. So I'm declaring God will help me and get me out of this financial situation, get me out of this mess, and then I start receiving instructions from God, which means and that, those instructions come as I fellowship with him, as I go into the place of fellowship. So, God is going to get us out of this tight situation where there's no wine in the marriage. The instruction is, fill the pot with water. The confession is, he's my ever-present help in time of need. The instruction is, fill the pot with water. So, the same promises that Moses used were the same promises Joshua used. 
because he was going, taking them to the same place. But when Moses stood before the Red Sea and declared their victory, the instruction that he got was lift up your rod. When Joshua stood before the Jordan, the instruction he got was different from the instruction of Moses. So to get that instruction is not a formula. You have to be in fellowship with the person. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Faith is not a formula. That's why when people felt, oh, you people that teach faith, you don't teach fellowship with God. You can't have faith without fellowship. Because faith is, is based on obeying an instruction that God gives and God changes instructions. And if he's going to change instructions, the only way you will get the instructions is by listening to him. All right? Which means the way in which you dealt with the Jordan, it is the same promise you are declaring that God has given you a land that flows with milk and honey. But when you get to the walls of Jericho, the instruction is different. And to hear that instruction, you must get into fellowship with God. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not your understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will do what? Direct your path. So once you start obeying instruction, you've taken the shoes off your foot there, which means you are going out and things are going to start happening. So instructions there, obedience to the instructions there is what? So a person, that's why, that's why James said, you can't say you're operating in faith without you having works. Corresponding action. And corresponding action is not just doing anything stupid. It's doing what God says you should do about that situation. Are, are you following what I'm saying? It's doing what? And, and the ultimate commandment you must obey to be able to hear all that instructions is the commandment of love. Because when you get out of love, you can't hear wrong if you're walking in love towards humanity. The Bible says, he that walks in love walks in light and there is no occasion of stumbling. No occasion of making a mistake. But it says, he that hated his brother is in darkness and knoweth not where he is what? Going. For the darkness has blinded his eyes. That's why we said that surrender in love is then you can hear the instruction that God wants to give to you as a person. So he gives, all right, you the instruction as you come, all right, in the place of fellowship there. So when he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, you are declaring those words of hope that it will come to pass one day. Then you get into the place of prayer. And in the place of prayer, as you are praying over what you have been saying, then you hear the instruction. This is what you need to do. For this mountain, you have been saved to go to pass. Then he says, listen, if you don't get to that instruction, there is unforgiveness. Get any animosity and light will begin to come. What is blocking it? right, is the animosity, is, and that's why once Satan gets you out of love, he knows the whole process is gone. He knows you're never going to get the instruction that is going to bring about the victory. He knows you're just going to be there. Uh, let me close by saying this. Somebody asked Dr. Yonggi Cho, who has the largest church in the world, when his church was 300,000 people. Now they do a million, more than a million every Sunday. But when they were 300,000, a preacher went to meet him in South Korea and said, Dr. Yonggi Cho, I'm more educated than you. I've listened to you preach. My messages have more substance than your message. I'm a better preacher than you. He said, flat out. Um, he said, I'm not, I'm just telling you that there's a mystery here. Because when I listen to you, I listen to myself, I, I'll preach you. All right? I, I'll teach you. I, I'm better. He said, no, I'm, uh, he said, I'm saying all humility, I am better. So he went to meet Yonggi Cho, and Yonggi Cho said, well, let me tell you what the mystery is. 
how long do you pray for? He said, 30 minutes a day. He said, I pray three hours. He said, 30 minutes, 3,000. Three hours, 300,000. Because you feel the man who spends three hours is spending more time trying to get God to do it. While you spend 30 minutes, he spent three hours with God. God, God, God. Today, we will remiss you. Do it. As though God is, you are pulling his hand. No, I'm not blessing you. Come on, God. No, I'm not blessing you. Come on, God. No, I'm not blessing you. Come on, God. Oh, yeah, just take this small one. <laughs> God, it's not enough. Come on, God. No, I'm not doing it. Come on, then another person is pulling him from Abuja. Come on, God. Another person is pulling him from London. Come on, God. Another one in New York. Come on, God. And the Lagos, come on. And God say, no, no. <laughs> he said it this way. He said, you know something? He said, the first one hour, I pray on the church said, I'm talking to the devil. What does that mean in prayer? You're praying and you don't have a breakthrough yet. You get this? You're pushing in prayer, pushing in prayer. All right? Demonic forces don't want it to go through. He said, but once I break through after one hour, then I spend two hours in what is called listening prayer, which means I'm fellowshipping with God and I'm listening. And I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm, he says, I go around my prayer points six times in fellowship, which means I'm going around it. So if I'm praying about this, I go over that thing to listen to what God is saying. Then I move to the next one to listen to what God is saying. I'm moving. He says, when I go around for two hours, then I pick up what the Spirit of God is saying and I go and implement it. So he said, those two hours, my soul is quiet and I'm listening and taking notes as to the instructions of God. And so what we're saying is, you have a big confession of hope, all right, that is going on there. And then you get into fellowship with God. Put up Psalm 49 and verse 4, where you go up singing and thanking God for fulfilling your expectation, all right? Singing, we've talked about this, praising him. For he said, put up the, okay, he says, I will incline my ear to a parable, I will open my dark saints upon the harp. Put up the Passion Translation. So he says, I will break open mysteries with my music, and my song will release Redul's song. So as you start singing and worshiping him, that's how you open the stuff and the instructions concerning that situation begins to come. And let me tell you, his instructions, you need not cash. Some of us are spending too much money, all right, and we are void of instruction. Isaiah 55, he said, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Labor for that which satisfies not. Incline your ear unto me, all right, and hearken diligent unto me. Okay? I, mean, I was saying this in 2007. I mean, I don't like it. I actually don't like it. But wherever I go now, and people want to introduce me in a way that, and I don't like it, but they will say, oh, platform, platform. That's, I mean, are you, you understand? If I went to preach in Abuja, it was the Secretary of the Government that invited me to come and preach in their fellowship. And when they were going to introduce me, they said, a man who runs conferences, you don't know whether it's church, we don't know whether it is, but you know, I, I said, um, I teach faith, though it's not, but, but, but what happens is people, but I, I look back, 
How did the thoughts of the platform come out? One day we were fasting and praying, I was just pacing on the floor. And please, when we are praying at night, don't sit down, don't lie on your bed, walk, or else you fall asleep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because about time I started praying and I fell asleep, I said, how can you fall asleep? You must be walking up and down. At that kind of time of the night, if you are on your bed, you will wake up at the close of the prayer. That's why sometimes we see some numbers go, come back, go. It's you people that are sleeping and waking up. All right? And what is causing that is that you are not walking. Because if you sit still, and, and you know nobody is there, you know, if you are at vigil, we are there. You know, shame might even make you say, no, don't say. But this one, just by yourself. <laughs> Alright, so what? I face the floor here. Okay. But as I just walk in, the thoughts begin to drop inside. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit. I have you allow this truth to take roots on the inside of us and be one and to grow and to bring forth fruit in our lives. Let this season be one of continuous rains of instruction eyes and of the ears to hear exactly what must be done in that situation to bring about the Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.